0: Do you want to do more to make impact? How we serve others and our world is how we pay our rent for being here. So get ready to learn how you can make a difference by simply choosing to live and lead with a socially conscious mindset. In this episode of Passion for Impact, I am interviewing Matt Stewart, a three-time international TEDx speaker, a community advocate, and a really amazing human. I'm hearing from many of you that you want to make more impact by sharing your own story and creating a platform for training, speaking, events, and other creative means. I hear you. I'm going to share some tips on how you can get out of your own head and into strategic action steps to do just that. And Matt is going to offer his expertise and thought leadership on how to become an influential impact maker as well. Here we go. This is the
1: Passion for Impact podcast with speaker, trainer, and socially conscious advocate Trisha Miltimore.
0: Thank you for joining in for the Passion for Impact podcast, where we have one clear goal—to educate, empower, and elevate social consciousness in people, business, and teams. Be sure to subscribe to receive links to featured companies, including people and offers. To subscribe, visit passionigniter.ca forward slash podcast. Matt Stewart. He's a community cultivator, a den mother, and executive coach to entrepreneurs. His yes and approach has been fostered and developed over the past 20 plus years from coaching, collaborating, and advising senior leaders across North America in a variety of industries, including healthcare, global finance, major international sporting events, including the Olympics, Paralympics, Pan Am Games, and film production. After a diagnosis of leukemia, Matt left his coaching practice in Canada's financial district and moved to the mountains in the Okanagan of British Columbia to build community. And he truly has done just that. This man, he's an inspiring engineer of community connection and human empowerment. Matt, I'm so happy. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh my gosh, Trisha. Thank you so much. What an honor to be on your show today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I'm, I'm excited to have you here. We, we've known each other for a few years now, and I'm really inspired by your ability to come into a new community and create and cultivate that, that connection. And I know a lot of people listening um, as impact makers want to be able to grow their influence to have the biggest impact possible. So we're going we're to dive into that. But first... Uh, I think we all need to get to know you a little bit more. Tell me all about Matt. How is that for an open end? Oh,
1: I love it. Um, I don't know what to say. So I, I mean, right now, uh, I'm building community for a new kind of startup within an old tired brand, Staples, that's really decided to pivot. And so uh, instead of just being a retail and focusing on transactions, they really want to build community. And Funny enough, they chose Little Kelowna to be a beta test for the company, which is kind of neat. And so, it's been an absolutely amazing year, uh, being able to take all the lessons I've learned from you know working in healthcare to working in the Olympics. That uh, you know, the transaction or the one-time thing isn't enough. It's how you build community. It's how you make people feel. That's the most important.
0: How you make people feel. Yes. So for those of you who don't live in Canada, I know people listen from all over the world. Staples is a um, retail store that sells computers and office supplies. And that's the best way to describe what they have been traditionally up to this point. Right, Matt?
1: That's correct. Yeah. Now they're still going to do that, but they're also going to build community. So we have this beautiful event space and co-working space where people can come together and really collaborate. So, for example, we have this beautiful community of gamers that come together once a month, well, at least pre-COVID, that found a safe space where they could just be gamers and live stream, and we'd have over 150 people there once a month. Uh, and then as well, we were having in-person events pre-COVID where people came in uh, twice a day and on a variety of topics ranging from at things like, uh, you know, how do you do your Facebook ads to, uh, relationship geometry uh, for those people who needed to work on their relationship. So it was it was a wide variety of topics that people came together. But bottom line is they came together, and they really loved, uh, just being able to come together and and see each other, see the white of the eyes and connect. And and that's something I've just been loved doing in terms of fostering. It's something when we brought the Vancouver olympics back to canada uh that was a huge focus on was how do we build community within vancouver and in whistler and throughout canada and one of the things that i learned during the olympics and it was great the ceo uh, of the games when he they hired me challenged me says matt i want you to touch the soul of a nation i mean what a challenge
0: wow (laughs) touch the soul of a nation
1: right so but i (laughs) took that even after 2010 ended and I thought, okay, well, how can I apply that to everything I do, right? So when whatever it is that you're doing, it doesn't matter whether you're selling a computer or you're running a workshop, how do you touch the soul of somebody? How do you make them feel great? How do you build community with them, build a tribe? And and that notion of touching the soul to me was just something that was so important and something I've tried to bring into everything I've, I do now ever since.
0: Wow, that's really inspiring. And I love that because you know, this show obviously is passion for impact. How do we make impact? We touch the souls of others. Tell me about yourself. You've been through a lot. You, you've been down before you've, you've been oh. to a place that was darker than dark. <laughs> well, it's um, funny. And it yeah. happens
1: all the time. So people always say, Oh, you, you've overcome cancer. And I'm like, actually, no, I haven't. Um, so yeah, I, well, i would go back a few years after the Olympics. I went and worked in global asset management, traveled all over North America. It was awesome. Traveling first class, staying at some of the best hotels. It was absolutely awesome. And then I started wetting the bed and not necessarily like that wetting the bed, but like I was soaking it from head to toe. And, you know, sure enough, when I went to go get checked out, uh, I have uh, a form of leukemia. And it's been, you know, an interesting challenge because, I never forget the doctor. She told me like, it's, there's no known curative therapy for this. So like, what do you do with, you know, knowing that you, you can't cure that, you know, other people are like, oh yeah, I can beat it. I can cure it. And so I did go to a very dark place and, and it was really, really difficult for, for a long time. Um, and you know, there's still sometimes where it is, but what I, one of the things I learned is, okay, so that's great. Now what? (laughs) now what are you going to do and and the great thing is i'm still kicking i'm still moving so let's start keep doing things and since then um and one of the things and i'm so glad that i met you because you really kicked my butt in this regard is um when i was in my lowest place you know just staying at home and doing nothing but watching tv i discovered the ted channel and i started discovered all these ted talks and i was like oh you know should i do a ted talk I'm not too sure. I'm not that good. Am I good enough? And I had all those, you know, typical self-doubt talks, which is funny because as a coach, that's exactly what I would have coached myself out of thinking. But I went there and it wasn't to you just said, well, Matt, why not? And I think that's it. <laughs> that was like <laughs> literally the the question you asked me one day when we were in our office. Well, why not? And then that just prompted me to say, well, yeah, I'm going to do it. And that's what I did. Now I've done three international TED Talks two down in the U S and one in the Netherlands at the Hague. So for me, it was just one of those things where I'm like, I'm sure I'm going to do another one, but it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, if you wanted to do something and it certainly is possible, all you have to do is actually put some effort into it. And I did, I think it was like over 200 applications before I got my first acceptance. And that was a lot of rejection. And for me, and it was great having you, you know, part of my life during that time. Cause I, could have looked at those rejections as, okay, this is just yet another rejection and, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this or I could go, okay, what can I learn from this? What, what could I do differently? How can I improve? And that's where I got. And then when I did my second one, I think it was only 40 rejections before I got <laughs> the second one. And then after that, I got asked to do the third. So it, it becomes wow. different, uh, you know, and but each time it's, it's all around, how do you look at life? Right. And you can look at it and go, oh, I got rejected. It's like, okay, I got rejected. What can I learn? And there's two different ways to look at things.
0: You know, you give me a little bit too much credit in all of that. I I think I just said two words to you, but your tenacity and truly tenacious (laughs) uh, and resiliency is really what you did the work. And I think that's what people need to hear. People need to hear you got to do the work.
1: Doing the work is one thing, but Mm -hmm. having the mindset is the other. It always reminds me of um, the book, The Art of Possibility, which if you haven't read, I highly recommend it um and it, they talk about how they sent two market, shoe marketers down in the turn like in the, the 1900s down to Kenya to see would there be a market for their shoes the first guy cables back situation hopeless no one wears shoes second guy cables back to the head company glorious opportunity no one is wearing shoes <laughs> right and and that sticks to me and i i love that that little story because it speaks to how you frame things in mm-hmm. life. If you frame it one way, your next behavior is going to be a certain way. But if you can frame it differently, then what you do, the possibilities are are different. And more often than not, uh, can be a lot more positive and can have a better impact on your life. So yes, everyone can have horrible situations happen to them, but it's what you do with it. It's your mindset that matters.
0: So for a lot of the people listening to this podcast, they are impact makers, or they want to make more of an impact. It could be in their company, in their own businesses, in their own personal lives. Maybe they're in a place that they're just feeling they need to have more fulfillment or more service. What do you recommend to people? And I think we'll dive into this with some tips that I have as well. For because I get this question a lot, like, how do I do what you do? How do I create a following? How do I, you know, I have have a story to share. I have things I think people need to hear. What what is your recommendation for people to get started to do that?
1: I think to do it without the intention of getting a big following. Mm. So if you, it's, it's seriously, it's like the whole notion, if you go into business to make money, you'll fail. If you go into business to serve others, you're going to do fabulous. And it's that different mindset that um, if you go in it just to get a bunch of followers, you can fall down that trap where you get pay-per-clicks, where you can, you know, pay for followers, and you're not actually making an impact. Here's the thing. Make an impact. Do it without the intention of getting all the rewards in the world, but just for the notion that that's the right thing to do. I think I really that's like times. When I see people, especially like I've gone, I've spoken at several social media conferences now, and and I always argue with uh, a lot of the typical social media influencers because they're like, no, you've got to do all these different things in order to up your up your game to us uh, to get more followers, to get more likes, and I'm like, at the end of the day, are we measuring your likes? Are we measuring the impact that you have? And if you had more of an impact. Then, you know, whether you have 300 followers or 120,000 followers, the impact is greater than the like.
0: Right. And I think by just genuinely getting out there and sharing your story and your expertise, um, people will begin to follow you and they will follow you for the right reasons versus your image looks great. It's because they really resonate with your message.
1: Um, And what we're finding now, and I I totally agree with you. And I think what I'm finding now, and again, this is anecdotal, not necessarily born out of the evidence, but I think we're going to see it being born out of the evidence, is people want more authenticity now. Pre-COVID was a different world. Now, if you're not real, people are going to buy, people are going to see that and they're not going to buy into it. And the less authentic somebody is, the bigger turnoff. And so, especially when it comes to getting your brand out there, to making an impact, to, you know, if you really want to be influential, then the thing that you need to do is not make it about you, but make it about the other people.
0: So one of the tips I always share with clients who want to get rolling with their own kind of um, uh, thought leadership, or whether it's in a company with their own employees or their team, again, or maybe starting their own business, is to just start writing. Start writing and start sharing it, share it on LinkedIn, share your little tips, share your thoughts, share your story, which I find people, they, they think, I don't know what my story is. I don't know what to share. So how do what's your suggestion for people? Where to start?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I think just do it. And even if it's starting small, because if you do it and it doesn't necessarily hit, you don't go, oh, that failed. You go, okay, that didn't work. So what can I learn from that? What can I do differently? Where can I go from here? And maybe it's just you have to have repetition before you start getting something where people follow you. Um, So if you're constantly putting stuff out, you're constantly having that appreciative inquiry and learning mindset and growth mindset, you're going to do well. But if you sit back and you start questioning yourself all the time without going into action, then that's when you're really going to hurt yourself and really hurt your brand.
0: Mm. I love this concept because I say it to myself all the time. Someone somewhere needs to hear what you have to say.
1: That is so beyond when I say so beyond true, like that is so true. There there've been times, you know, even during this pandemic where and I'll be honest even today, like I freak out. Like I get upset, you know, someone with who's immunocompromised who gets upset that people don't wash their hands properly or hand sanitizer, don't wear a mask. And you know, do I go out into the world and yet, and then I'll see some inspirational and it's not even inspirational. It could just be something funny posted on on LinkedIn or something. And it could just be absolutely, you know, just something fun for that person. But it had such a huge impact on me. And it was just that it was a funny meme the other day. But that impact it had on me was great. And now will that person ever know? Maybe, maybe not. The person who posted it. Uh, although I did message them just saying, hey, this, I actually really needed this today. Um, but I think just knowing that when you do put it out there, that you, you could have an impact, even if it's not, you know, 100,000 likes or 100,000 views, that um, just that one view can have such a meaningful impact on somebody.
0: And I think that's what happens is people start sharing their writings, their thoughts, their leadership, their experiences and stories, and they might get that message back. They may or not, but often you get something back where someone says, I, I really needed to hear that. And, man, that just keeps you rolling along because you're like, wow, um, I am having um, – by sharing who I am authentically, I am, I am making a difference.
1: You actually bring up a really good point that maybe we need – when I say we, as a society – individuals and influencers ourselves we need to do a lot of our own outreach our own hey your post had an impact hey I really enjoyed your post without any hope that you're going to get something back because mm-hmm. I found and there's several leaders here in Kelowna who who are constantly do this with my posts but they're constantly liking they're constantly interacting with me and it makes me feel good but I realize that that also helps me increase with my Uh, interaction with their content as well. But hopefully, I mean, they're not doing it just to be, um, you know, just to get that like, but they're getting, you know, they're having that. um, The term I heard is, it's almost like they're the digital mayor of their town where they're becoming everyone's biggest champion. And maybe now more than ever, we need to be the biggest champion of others. So yes, posting great content is awesome and highly encourage people to do that but interact with other great content as well and lift others up as well. And I think if we do that, then you're going to get others lifting you up too.
0: Mm, I love that. It's like a mindset of celebrating and being a champion for the companies that inspire you, the leaders, the people, the team members, uh, family, all that kind of stuff. It just adds such good energy into the world and, and really makes a difference. Huge difference. In what kind of actions people take, right?
1: When you think of people online and when they're reacting to something, the question I need to start asking myself is, how is this serving me? And what I mean by that is if I'm getting angry every time I see something posted online and I'm reacting to it, how is that reaction serving me? Or can I actually search for the good or hunt for the good, if you will? And when I find it, celebrate it.
0: Hunt for the good. That's pretty cool. This is why I like you, Matt. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love Well, it's, 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 I don't know, to me, it's just, it's so important. There's so much good out there. Um, We can't let the bad overwhelm us. Right.
0: That's powerful mindset. So one of the things that I get, the question I get all the time is, okay, I have things I want to share, lessons I want to teach. Um, I want to do a community workshop or some kind of forum to be able to get that information out, which I think is where most people should start because it creates a date. You actually have to do the work. You actually have to get up in front of people, whether it's virtually or in person, Um, but they don't know where to start. And it can be really overwhelming. What kind of suggestions do you have for people to just get started in sharing that knowledge and actually creating a program or a workshop to do that?
1: Oh, I love it. So first off is one find a platform where people can find it. So there's a couple that I've used that I I absolutely love. One is Eventbrite. I use that for the TED circles, which are like uh, mini TED talks that I've been hosting now twice a month. And what I love about it is people from around the world are finding me virtually. I've had people from South Korea, from South Africa, from Norway, from Italy, from China, come and join. And it's just been awesome to be able to create a global community. Another one, too, is um, oftentimes, you know, some of us in this industry will do, you know, do these workshops and charge for it because we need to make money. I, I, I get that 100%. But as well, there's another platform called Trellis, which is a beautiful software that's actually was created, born here, and is done here in Kelowna, where it's just like Eventbrite, but... Um, you could charge for the event, but the money doesn't go to you as a speaker. It gets redirected to a nonprofit or charity of your choice. And what I love about that is, um, yes, we can have that immediate impact of the wonderful and great message that we have as influencers, but two, it really allows us to really help out that nonprofit and allows the, our followers and give them guidance on where to give back. And so for me, it's just, it's been a wonderful tool, um, whether that's for, um, We've done sessions that where the money raised goes to buy uh, mental health sessions for youth or, um, you know, goes to the food bank. So you know that, you know, the great message that you're giving is great and awesome. And at the same time, people can feel good that the money is going to just someone that actually needs it. Not that they say that you don't need it, but you know what I mean? It, it allows, allows a, a platform where you can really get your message out. People can find you, register and... Give back. Another, and they can
0: register. Oh, sorry, I was going to say they can register on Trellis or Eventbrite for either a virtual event or in person.
1: Yeah, I and I love that. Another thing I would recommend too is because I often get people saying, "Matt, I'm not too sure what I have to offer," and I would just do an audit of everything you know. It's something I, I've done. And I'm like, crap, I, I keep forgetting that I could, you know, do a workshop on X or do a workshop on Y, and people would find great value in that. And, and so one of the best pieces of advice I have is not to discredit what you already know. And another thing too, and this is some advice for a lot of content creators out there and, and influencers, is not to get too cocky with what uh, they know. Because there's a lot of things that change. There's a lot of things that are, are different out there. And, and it, you, to you, it might be the most important thing in the world, but to others... Maybe it's not yet, or maybe there's even better things. So, what I, when I'm sharing that because I I would love for content creators to really do that evaluation to go, okay, where where am I at with this material, and where are others at with this material, and is there inval- actually validate it in the market to validate that it's something that people would find valuable? Because I certainly you know had some beautiful facilitators um, throughout the years come and facilitate. And then not realize that the stuff that they're they're delivering, it's not necessarily that it's outdated, but there's just newer stuff that could really have an impact. And then they, people call them out on that. And I'm like, oh, it was beautiful what you were delivering in 1985. But now maybe we <laughs> need to repackage this a little differently. Or we need to look at it differently. And, and, and it's not out of disrespect, but I share that because if we ever get to the point where we become overconfident in ourselves and in our content, it can really not only look bad, but not allow us to grow. And I think that's something that's really, really important is, um, you know, taking a look at what it is that you can offer. Cause I guarantee there's a lot that you can bring to the table, but to just making sure that you are validating what you are bringing to the table so that um, it, it's what people need.
0: I think for a lot of people, starting with your story. So
1: Hello. yes.
0: Yeah, I want to challenge anyone who's listening who is like, I, I would like to do workshops. I would like to deliver either a virtual event or, again, because they have this desire, this internal calling to do that, which I totally get. I've had it my whole life. Um, and this is how you get started in this kind of work. So I challenge anyone listening to come up with three top tips for something you know people need support or help on top tips that you have learned and I think it's the best formula for creating that first workshop. You need to have a title that speaks to the needs of the people you want to attract. It's not Don't make it too fun. My biggest um, challenge throughout my career is that I come up with really creative ideas and I'm like, ooh, I'll call it this. But then people are like, what the hell is she talking about?
1: <laughs> right. Because it makes sense for
0: you. Yeah. It's like, I mean so much to me and it's so clever, but you really just... In the title, it's like, you know, solving this problem, my top tips kind of thing. Uh, use that in the title for your event and Eventbrite or Trellis, which is T-R-E-L-L-I-S, I believe, just in case anyone wants to look it up. And then you share that content in that structure. Opening, here's who I am, here's my story, and from my experiences, here's my top tips. And I think it helps protect people from that Um, a thinking that they they can't do it because you're just you're an expert in your own experiences and then from there you really start to develop the content and and then over time you may get to that place of overconfidence but hopefully you're most people who are want to have a passion for impact generally I would like to think have a growth mindset but I think that's a really important point too.
1: It's so true. Here's another thing too, and I lo- I love your thing about you know your top three and and having a title with a hook. What I have found. Um, you know, working with spotlight at Staples is those events that are the most attended. I I've had okay. I'll bottom line. I've had sessions where it was like two different sessions. They're pretty much the exact same thing. One had a, everything is awesome kind of title. And the other one, it was the agony of anxiety, but it spoke to the pain, and mm-hmm. the pain or the pain point, whether it was a personal pain point or a business point pain point really hit home and had a higher attendance rate than those that it didn't speak to, you know, a pain point or solving something for somebody. So I think that's something too, to just to consider is when I'm packaging this, am I speaking to something that's of importance to that individual, whether it's a pain point or something that they need to overcome or that they need to be reassured on or something, but really where it speaks to those individuals that you want to attend your session.
0: Right. I love that. I did, I'm so excited about this episode because I think it's giving people such strategic, real action steps to move forward with that calling they've had for a long time. Again, whether it's in your own company, with your team, as your a business, um, even personally, if you just have a hobby that you want to be sharing. And the Those are great tips. And and one more that we can add on to that is leave people with an action step or two, right? An Mm -hmm. action step to actually move forward with. And then, you know, strategically business-wise, if you're a coach or a speaker, um, this is how you can get people to maybe be interested in programs that you create. But that could be farther down the line. Let's just start with sharing your story and your tips and an action step. I would imagine you have found those kind of that formula to be successful in the workshops you see at Staples
1: hundred percent. In fact, I was going to call out what you do and what I've seen others do that people who have like a series of workshops or have more than just one one thing. um, What I love about what you do and what others have done that have been very successful is they have a follow-up to that, right? And it could be a call to action to get more coaching or more follow-up on on what they've learned. Because one of the things that anyone who's been in the learning and development industry knows that just having a once and done kind of session does not equate to behavioral change. That session really could be the start and the spark of something, but how do you sustain behavioral change And one of the great ways is that ongoing coaching or that call to action, that follow-up afterwards and that commitment to action. And I've seen you do it beautifully. I've seen others do it beautifully where, you know, they have, you know, not only that call to action, but they also have some accountability in Mm. next steps. And that's something that if you are going to do a workshop is one, offer the coaching, offer the next steps, have that call to action, but also put in some accountability. Um, we there was a great study because I before Staples, I did a lot of work in learning and development in healthcare, um, and healthcare and banking. And they were so interested in healthcare and banking, you know, they spend billions of dollars on learning and development, but they want to make sure that it actually results in behavioral change. And so the in the research, and this is actually born into the research, it says that the most influential on behavioral change in the workplace is not the facilitator. It's actually not even not even the learner. It's the manager or the influencer or the person who's driving that learning. Typically, it is the manager. And it's typically the behaviors that occur right before the learning happens and after the learning happens. So it actually falls on the manager to, or the person who's inspiring that change for that individual before and after. Uh, and during, that's great. You can have the best facilitator in the world. But if there's no follow-up, then there's no behavioral change and it. it was just a nice entertaining session. And it's great to have a nice entertaining session, but wouldn't it be great to actually see behavioral change happen after the session?
0: That would be true impact, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I always think of myself as a speaker that I'm a seed planter and that's why I love doing follow-up sessions with clients because you want to see it grow and that accountability is a big part of that piece. Oh, you know what you should do right now? We should give everyone an action step accountability. Um, kind of thing to do. How does that sound?
1: I love it. Okay. okay help me out here. What, what are you thinking?
0: Okay. Here's what I have in my mind and you can like edit or tweak it as we go. Cause we're just totally on the spot right now, but anyone listening who is like, okay, I have a calling to share my expertise, my story, my tips, create that virtual or online experience, create the title and put all that information, like just a quick little blurb, uh, send it to us, like either through Trisha Miltimore Passion Igniter on Facebook or on Instagram at Passion Igniter. Um, yeah, I want Trisha Miltimore on LinkedIn. Share it because we want to see it and we can support and surely you on. And I just think it'd be cool to see people from all over the world who are like, okay, I did this. I got oh, an event yeah. up and to see the kind right. of topics they're going to be sharing and making impact with. What do you think?
1: hundred percent. Add me on LinkedIn share it with me. In fact, I I see a lot of people who in the comments will, uh, tag me. And I love that because now I can like it, interact with it. And then all of my 5,000 contacts are going to see it as well. So please, I, I think that's almost, I think that's a great, um, something really great to have is to have a community that will support each other in getting that message out there right So uh, I think I'm like linkedincom in bearded leader or Matt Stewart. you think you can find me either way. Uh, but feel free to tag me in that uh, and and I will help promote and support it because I think the more you can get people out there, especially if it's a virtual session, then you're not it's not you know within a geographic catchment area, but then anyone can attend. My goodness, Any way we can support is great
0: right. We can celebrate and champion anyone who's doing that as well. So Matt Stewart or the bearded leader. Um, I can include some links on passion for impact, uh, passion igniter.safe forward slash podcast. I'll include some links in there too. So yeah, let's,
1: let's become each other's biggest champions.
0: I know. I love that. Right. (sighs) Which you do. And this is one of the things you do in community. You moved here and you know, You've done many different roles in terms of like associations. I think, what, are you vice president of a film? film. Yeah, what is for
1: Oatsif, ok- I was their ED last year, their executive director. And then uh, I, after I left to go work at Staples, I was like, I still want to be a part of it. So uh, then I joined the board. <laughs> My God, with all your free time.
0: So this is an important point for anyone who wants to make more impact. And I think starting locally is the best place. Um, even before you do your workshops and whatnot, is start networking. If you want to make an impact, you've got to make the connections and just get out there and start sharing your energy. Really have faith that your energy makes impact and contributes to the well-being of others.
1: And if there are not networking events that work for you, don't sit there and mope about it. Create your own. Yes. We did that. Trish and I did that called the Speakers League, and, and we're like, okay, we don't necessarily have a speaking network event that we like. We created our own, and it's going been going strong now. What three years, four years later?
0: Wow, that's crazy. That's yeah. a bit of time.
1: And, and here's the thing: like, I, I have people now coming from the U.S. I have a few people from Europe who are going to be joining us. And it it gets done now virtually, but it's, it's still going strong. And it's just one of those things where it's like, if if you don't have something, I always hear this. I hear people who say, I don't like networking events, or I went to this networking event and it didn't work for me. Okay. That's not an excuse for you not to network, create something yourself. If it's not
0: right. And when you go to networking events, here's a tip, um, which has, has really helped me and helped so many of my clients, is you go there to collect people's stories. You don't need to go to there to impress anyone. Just go with a goal of collecting three interesting stories. It just changes the mindset, it makes it so much easier, I think, and interesting.
1: I love that. Collect their stories. Hmm. I don't follow up too, but I love that. Yeah, collect your stories. Collect. I like that. Okay, I'm going to have to do it now because I love that because people, just, oh, I hear this all the time, but Matt, I'm not that interesting. Matt, I, you know, I'm not, it's like, you're networking a networking event. It's not about you. You become genuinely curious about the other people. Let them do the talking because most of them, I want to say most of them, but a lot of people, if you just ask them, tell me about yourself, what do you do? And you just ask these very simple, open-ended questions. You don't have to do any work. You just sit there, you ask one or two questions, boom that the people are doing their work and they're sharing their stories.
0: I love it. Love it. There's some, there's some real gold in this conversation that I'm so excited for people to hear. I, I truly hope that our passion has impact for others. Obviously it's the goal. I, to, to kind of finish things off. And thank you for being here. You're just, you're, you're so inspiring. So much about, I just could to sit down and talk with you for hours. We hour. got to. Yeah, I know. Right. What is the best wisdom Matt you've ever received that you want to share with the listeners?
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay, can you bear with me for one second? Let me pull this up, I'll give you the exact quote.
0: I love exact quotes.
1: Um, (laughs) uh, Because I was just asked this last week, and I posted it into our our Slack channel at work. Uh, So the back history is I got to meet and speak on stage with this wonderful man, and I think everyone might know him, um, Warren Buffett. And in the green room, I, this, I, I was just beside myself that I actually got to share the stage. And I spoke exactly right after him. And I asked him, I said, you know, at the time I was doing leadership development and I asked him, you know, how can we develop the, the next set of leaders? And he said, read Dale Dalton's book, The Laughing Warrior. And the quote he gave me was, what you need to start doing is think like a hero. Ask yourself, who can I help today? You need to work like an artist and always ask yourself, what else can we try? You need to refuse to be ordinary, always pursue excellence and then kill it. And finally celebrate, but take no credit. Wow. I love that. That's really beautiful. Yeah.
0: Matt, thank you for being on Passion for Impact. It was a true pleasure.
1: Oh, Trisha, thank you so much. Big hugs and kisses.
0: Seriously, isn't Matt so amazing? If you love learning, how to live and lead in a conscious and fulfilling way, and you find this show rewarding, please share with your friends. Rate and review this podcast. Your review makes a big difference in helping to get the message out about this podcast and making more impact. Thank you for listening. Remember, cast your vote, make your impact, one socially conscious choice at a time. Thank you for listening to the Passion for Impact podcast. Visit passionigniter.ca forward slash podcast to subscribe for episode notes, links and special offers from show guests. Cast your vote. Make your impact. One socially conscious choice at a time.